So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers. Hey guys, welcome back to Hosers. This is episode 93, the Doug Gilmore slash uh, London Knights Mitch Marner episode. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Killingsworth, and I will definitely not fall apart in the playoffs this episode. Let me just say that. Um, I'm here with my hosts, co-hosts, Thomas Williams and Carter Lupel. Carter, how you doing, buddy? What's going on, Chris? It's going well. Thank you for asking. Thomas Williams, how are you? Uh, I'm doing wonderful. Um, Good. Yeah, just hanging out, you know. Just excited to uh, talk about some NHL drama, right? Oh, I can't wait <laughs> to talk about the NHL drama from this past week. Um, but before we do that, um, I wanted to let you guys know that um, I'm currently playing NHL 21 and uh, the Toronto Marlies are up against the Arizona Coyotes. And let me just tell you that the Arizona Coyotes are going to be really bad next year. Let me just tell you that because their top center is Nick Schmaltz, who is like perennially injured. And uh, you know, they've also got Christian Dvorak who's probably going to get traded to the Habs next week. So anyhow, Carter, what are you doing? What, what's, what's, uh, are you on a walk right now? Uh, I'm on a walk with the boys up at the cottage. We've, uh, nice. we've just been burning the candle at both ends, building the boathouse this week. We, uh, my parents want it done before Labor Day, so we've been trapped up here. There you go. Is that with so, the boat? I'm sorry? So you're storing that boat you bought? No, it's... Uh, because the um, like the for permitting for the township, you technically have to call it a boathouse, but it's a bunkie. It's just more sleeping space for our huge family. Dude, bunkies are absolutely like, in my opinion, the best place to sleep in a cottage. Oh, absolutely! You get the wind blowing from all four four sides. It's yeah, it's insane. Yeah, bunkies are great. We have one at our cottage. I'm a big fan. Um, I love sleeping in the bunkie because when it's when you want to be cold, it's freezing, and when you want to be hot, yeah. it's like hot. So it, it, it yeah. does does the trick. Like in the winter, like you want to be. Like it's no, hot in the I don't. In the summer, in the summertime. Yeah, in the it's summer, because it's, it's such cool. a small space. Like it's yeah. such a small space. It's so like easy to control what's going on inside of it. Like if you have a a big open cottage. It's never the temperature you want it to be, but you want it to be exactly. Little, yeah, this little box will do the trick. Yeah, hopefully the don't bunkie, hate, it, hate it by the time we have it up. How big is it? Uh, it's twelve feet by twenty feet, and then I think it's eighteen feet high. Oh wow! It's all decent. Yeah, she's uh, a, she, she's a monster. That's wild, so been, guys. We're going. Yeah, we're going into uh, overtime, in. so you guys know just to keep you guys <laughs> oh, okay. uh, updated. <laughs> um it's uh three on three oh overtime 
Um, and uh, anyways, continue, Carter. I'll let you know if anything changes on my end. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to guess about it. I'm just this is one of the like the first times I've relaxed in like a week and a bit. Like I I don't I haven't even slept in my own bed since I've been back from my big hike. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Straight yeah. To the cottage? I'm sorry. You just went straight to the cottage? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well my parents are like, we want it done. And then I've just been like <laughs> it's been myself and my dad up here doing it. My dad has like old hockey knees, so I've been I've been building it and hanging walls and like it's 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 cool like that I'll be able to say I built it from scratch like built it from the gravel up right so so I'm just exhausted ready to have sleep in my own bed yeah well you were here for like a little bit like it buried for a hot minute before you went back up we won we won an overtime so you guys know Brett Brett Sini scored um (laughs) uh, Brett Sini oh yeah Sini He's yeah. from, uh, he's, he's a new signing. <laughs> I update the rosters um, manually. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. players. <laughs> no, no, no. He's fit? actually, he's actually in the game, which is the funny part. Yeah. Um, Are but, you like, uh, you made like Jerry McKenna, like a potential 99. Jerry um, McKenna, no. Like a, like an unnamed YouTuber. Uh, he's like going to be with the Leafs, right? Like, come on. Jeremy McKenna is not going to be with the Leafs right away. No, but it was yeah, funny. I'm just, when you, I'm just when you, kidding. It was funny when you texted me a little while ago and you're like, Jeremy McKenna. And I was like, oh yeah, we love him. Moncton Wildcat <laughs> alumni. So the only reason I actually recognize the name too now is that I realized that he played with Alex Kovanov in Moncton. Mm-hmm. He's on the same line. He sure did. That's um, right. So all of Jeremy McKenna's success is because of Kovanov easily. Mm. So. Yeah. The weird thing is, exactly. is like McKenna is like a typical Marley's. Well, because he's he doesn't have an NHL deal. He's on an AHL deal, but like he's like the typical player that you would expect the Marley's to like pick up on an AHL contract where they had like goofy QMJHL numbers. Excuse me. And then I think <laughs> he got drafted by Calgary. Uh, when he was an wow. overager or he went to their camp and they didn't sign him or something. I can't remember, but he was supposed sure. to be a Calgary flame. And then it like didn't work out. Um, really hoping for that Giordano energy, huh? Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah exactly. just, just a walk on. Um, but, uh, but anyways, yeah. Nice. So it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, but um, should we get into the, the Habs slash yeah. uh, Carolina drama? Yeah. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. I guess that's like the yeah. big thing that we should talk about. Huh? I mean, yeah. Like anyone tuning in probably expects us yeah, to talk about it, right? Well, it, w- it would be us they... to just not talk about it. It would be. Yeah. We like are three weeks well, late on it. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, there's not much to talk about other than that it's like, I, I just think there's no space for it. Like it's like, or, do you guys want to break it down or do you think everyone knows? Like, um, so, yeah, Thomas, so, why don't you break it? The, 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 Kane, <laughs> the, Kane, the Canes offer sheeted or the Habs offer sheeted Ajo was a 47 million in a few deals or a few years. Uh, yeah, it was a five year deal. Um, five year deal, 47 and yeah, 47 and a half for five years. And they offer sheeted Ajo and Ajo accepted. And then, um, the, the Canes obviously wanted Ajo, so they they matched it. And then now, just to get back at the Habs during free agency, they uh, now have offered to Kanyemi $6.1 million for one year, 
and then uh, $20 signing bonus. Which is, um, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah. It's, and then it's, it's like, they've just been like trolling the Habs because it's exactly what Bergevin said when they offer sheeted Ajo, like saying, so, that like we built a base here. He wants to come here. He'll like what we've built. And then the Canes to the back of the Habs, the exact same bullshit. Let, let me ask you this. Cause I, I think we all feel pretty similarly about the deal. So let's do a quick yeah. roundtable here. Carter, use one word to describe your opinion on how this is playing out. One one word. How it's playing out? Or yeah. like the situation in general? Mm, let's do the situation in general. I think that could be more fun. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous? Okay, like that. Thomas, what's your word? Uh, I'm going to say stupid, but with two O's <laughs> and one of them is a zero. <laughs> I I already know where Thomas is going with this. Like that, I, love that. That band. I, I went on like a serious tweet. Like I like put on my hockey analyst hat on Twitter, I guess. Not really. But I, did, it's so I didn't see stupid. this. I, I can't wait to hear your perspective. Oh Mine uh, in the same lens as both of yours would be pwned um, oh with a P. I think it's stupid from the Canes point of view, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. They fucked themselves. Like it's so you, dumb. You would rather... I guess we'll just get right into it. You would rather you o- spend... o- over overpay or give away picks. Like it's what the yeah. You're, you're even okay. Even if say even if Kakanyemi like find, he's young. He's young. He finds his footing in Carolina. Even like if he goes to the wing because they don't really need like a desperate third line center. Like they have some pieces at least. Like more than Montreal, and they're not. They don't need to cement him down the middle. Even yeah. if he's like becomes this like 50 point guy can play on the penalty kill like is all right whatever even if that's a ridiculous number to like kind of just have in a one-year deal and it sets his qualifying offer for next year if he's not able to at agree 6.1. at 6.1 yeah, exactly. if he's not able to have a long-term extension the canes can get around it and i think um i forget who tweeted it maybe it's pierre um, Peter LeBron, he said the Canes have already discussed with Kakinyemi about a long-term deal and what that will look like. So it's like, oh, yeah. maybe after this year, they'll go for like four more years at like four. Yeah. Yeah. But he needs to, he needs to triple his production to be worth that. Oh my God. I, th- I think he's, I think he's worth like three right now. I would yeah, say probably, like, exactly. that's like the percentage yeah. or whatever, like value, whatever the stuff that I kind of hate, yeah. but um but even like from the Carolina perspective, like, so you rather not re-sign Dougie Hamilton, who's like a exactly. top, like a top, like exactly. 50, we could all agree like top 15 defenseman in the NHL, top for 10. A, for, yeah. a, for, like, a, for a, like a, for like a, for a PR deflect. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I tweet, I, like, so I tweeted that too. Cause like, this is such like what? a shifty, this is, I just, actually? I tweeted about that. Yeah, I was. This is my tweet word for word right now. It's actually kind of it's hashtag going viral, guys. Oh my god! Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I I fucking hate that. Uh, I said this whole thing is like a perfectly crafted PR move after signing D'Angelo. Oh my god! It has to be all the cutesy social, the identical statement from Don Waddell, making everyone love this quirky ass team and forget about giving yeah. them a million bucks to a racist. Yep, a thousand yeah. percent. Yo, so, yeah, Thomas, get eyes off of Tony D'Angelo. Like it's insane yeah. how stupid yeah. the entire thing is, and uh, they're, what they're gonna have, what this does is set the precedent for 
underproducing forwards, like when they're getting, when they're encroaching on like, egg, like leaving their entry, their ELCs. And now if he gets paid this, now it's going to, I'm sure we're going to see like a downward spiral in the league of people being like, okay, well I had more than 26 points this season. I'm coming out of my ELC. How come I'm not even being offered 4 million? Like it's, mm, it's yeah. Thomas, so you need to, it's uh, a bad case. Yeah, Sorry. no, 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 no. I, I completely agree. Thomas, you might want to unplug your mic and plug it back in. FYI. I just did. I just did. How's that? Oh, attaboy. King shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause I, I, yeah. I heard you be like Thomas, Thomas. And I was like, okay, okay my you already, fuck up. <laughs> or I was going to just be like, no, you're wrong. This you're is actually idiot. a good idea. No, I think so. I agree with literally every sentiment that you guys have. And Thomas, I didn't see your tweet, but that is like basically perfectly sums up how I feel. I'm not even thinking necessarily about D'Angelo because like, obviously that's what they're doing. Like that's very clear to me, but I also just think that like, um, Carolina doesn't scare me in, in that way. So like, for example, if this had been like Lou Lamarillo doing this type of shit and it wasn't this like, cutesy then, fucking pan- then there, pandering then there's to the more hockey. like to the iceberg there's more to the iceberg if it was Lula yeah exactly because you're like oh okay this guy is like no holds barred right but like Carolina and 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 let me preface this by saying that I like 90 percent I would say of what Don Waddell and uh and, and you know like that particular team there like Darren York is their assistant GM like I love everything that they've done draft wise I think that that's all fine and dandy, but the cutesy, like, oh, you know, look, like, look, look at our social media. We're so edgy. We're so like for the people. It's like, yo, the only social media team that can do that effectively and have done a killer job at it is the LA Kings, period. That's the end of it. I think that it's like, like originators with it. Yeah. Like where that was kind of their thing. And now we have every single social team in the NHL. Um, you know, the one that kind of comes to mind right now for me is the devils that are trying to, you know, be these people. And for the Canes, it's just like, when I saw the tweet go out initially, um, so actually funny enough, I actually refreshed my Reddit and I saw that it was on Reddit and then I was like, oh, this can't be real. And then when I went to check it out on Twitter, the fucking post was just LOL in big, in big letters and the, the like statement beneath it. I just think that they're like a parody of themselves. And I think that most, uh, and I, I might catch a little bit of heat for this, but like most like educated people who follow the sport and know the sport know that this is like goofy shit, right? Yeah. But you're going to well, have doing a, is, sewer, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, there's a segment of the fan base that's like, ooh, they're getting them back. They're burning them. But to all the points that you guys have made, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's like not a good deal. Like he's not no, worth like, that much. <laughs> you're just producing two, two, like two protagonists in either fan base. Like if yeah. Bergevin doesn't, doesn't sign him for 6.1, then you have people who are like cockney diehards who believe he's like in a few years, he's going to be the guy and we shouldn't let him go. So you're going to stop man. that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, right? He's <laughs> not Saku No, I know. Um, <laughs> and then and then you're going to like get people mad if he does spend the money. You're also going to get people mad if 
Bergman doesn't take the picks and the Carolina ends, it's the exact same thing. So all it's doing is it's just like, it's, I don't think there's place for like this type of like pettiness or BS in hockey. Like it's, it's supposed to like, all it does is it shaves points off the game, like in regards to like the respect that it should hold or like that the fan base should well, have for it because it just, like it just, yeah, no, I agree. Like it's, it's like when I turn on, like when I like go on Twitter and go like searching for news and things like that, I don't see like LOL or like these ridiculous, like ex-girlfriend, like that won't, yeah. I have some people like ex-girlfriend that won't let it go. Like, I don't want to see that. I want to see like what's actually happening, things that are pertinent things with sustenance that I can like use to like perpetuate my fandom, I guess. Not and, 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 stupid shit. Yeah, and I don't know if we feel differently about it if, like, the D'Angelo slash Hamilton shit didn't happen. Like, maybe we do look at it as, like, this, like, kind of funny moment. But to yeah. me, the moment is ruined because it's we know what they yeah. did in the offseason. And then on top of that, it's ruined because they just they, – they look at it like it's a joke. And, like, I recognize that, you know – Oh, you know, this is probably going to make its way onto Sports Center, and it probably grows the game yeah. and all of these different things. And like, that's fine, but like, I don't know. It just it to me yeah, seems very you, cheap. If you haven't secured Dougie Hamilton, don't throw six point one million dollars away for an underproducing center. That's yeah, likely well, going to not even like, not even okay. track your lineup. And like, especially that, like, if they want, so like, also, kind of my thoughts on this, like, this prevents future offer sheets because they yes, see that exactly. it was like a revenge thing and then also yep, yep. like if you're gonna throw out an offer sheet there are countless rfas right now that can get offer sheeted that will gladly accept that much money like robert yep, thomas yep. is a way better player than Kakiyami. insanely yep. better player i would say same age and you if you don't think that throwing like five years 6.1 at him you're paying the same compensation you're gonna pay a first and a third at him Say like, yeah. yeah, say if you do go for like five years or four years, like get him right up to free agency or something and throw that yeah. at him and like, and six, whatever, like then you have Robert Thomas, a really fucking good player. And like, there's Eli yeah. Tolvin and two that like, I don't know if he's a 10 C guy, but like there's countless guys, like Anthony Beauvillier well, that, that, in, that, in New, that's exactly like Long it. Island. Like there's, there's guys like, that are better players than Kakiyami. It's just like, it just comes across as it's like petty weird thing like if he was a top free if this was like if he was had the same skill level as like Elias Pedersen and this was Pedersen yeah. and you're like throwing oh, money sure. at him like add an like, offer let's sheet go for it. Let's see, let's yeah see what we can get then like sure then like that makes sense it's not a petty move even if it was like if it yeah. was if quote-unquote like Pedersen was on Montreal hypothetically and like this was seen as like a swap or whatever like a revenge thing then it's like no it's yeah he's a really good player whatever but this is like it's so clearly that it's just like them trying to just be cute and like do this when like there's so many other better players and other options to actually make your team better and not like have people like rejoin your your like fan base and bandwagon just because you're like a little cute social team yo you know what like absolutely drove me ballistic and you guys know that i'm like a secret Habs fan when i say this is them changing all their social shit to french and oh, yeah. the absolute fuck out of yeah. 
Like they're bi- yeah, well, it's, it's just, so like, stupid. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Kotkaniemi fan. Like I, I like when he's playing well, and like, yeah, I yeah. can. You, you definitely see that. Like his shortcomings are just lack of experience. Like he's a he's a very poised hockey player for his age, and I think he will do well in a few years with the right development. But I think just he's the wrong. Like, and I'm also like kind of sad to see it like him be like the centerpiece of all of this hockey drama because this doesn't just have an effect on like teams and numbers and further things to do with offer sheets and stuff in the NHL but that's like you're playing a fucking game with a 20 21 year old Ted like it's Mm -hmm. like what is what is he going to do now like if he goes and he underproduces and like on either side and he's just caught in this like constant state of trying to play catch-up to this finish line like and he's never going to live up to what he's touted to be on paper now like this just this this could be a career ender for the kid as well like you have to feel for the kid right and so well, he's been yo-yoed like, around forever and he's always but that's what that's what i mean like he's he's yeah. such a good attitude going up and down to the rocket and like like being scratched in the playoffs like you can tell he's just happy to be playing hockey but something like this could be just that that's the that could be the nail in the coffin for this kid right like you you see it with like number one picks who like like just never even crack the nhl lineup because they they had too much of a weight on their shoulders right and so i i just hate that like these or like this organization is doing something or these organizations like it's not just the canes it's the habs as well but they're kind of toying with this kid's future and is like mental well-being and everything like that as well, you know? Uh, yes, Barry Yakupov. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, yeah, no, I, I just, it's, I, I, it's, I don't like, I, just, I don't like that they're playing a game like that. Like that's No, me neither. Yeah, like, I think if, if Cocky Nemi was like, not so much of a heads down type of player, like type of guy or whatever, like just like kind of stick through it, then like, I feel like he should be, maybe request like a trade to a team that where he can get more of a shot in the lineup. Like they clearly don't want to yeah. play him. Like well, the other yeah. thing too, though, is that like to, for it to have gotten to where it's gotten to, and like, I know you guys know this, we just haven't talked about it. He has to sign the offer sheet. So there's yeah. no interest for sure. on his end to go to Carolina, just as there was interest for Aho to go to the Canadians. Yeah. So it's like, it's not just like a one-sided thing. Like remember when yeah, there was yeah. talks about like, how Columbus was considering offering offer sheeting Marner, but like they basically said he's not going to Columbus. So they didn't pursue it further than that. Um, yeah. That's the other thing. Like, you know, who knows, maybe it is, um, you know, like I almost feel like people would feel better about it if it had been a trade where like they recognized yeah. that he did need a change of scenery. Um, and it sounded like, like I listened to 31 thoughts before we recorded this morning. Cause they did like an emergency episode last night. Um, yeah. and it sounds like there was at least at one point the interest in him getting a fresh start somewhere, but like yeah. now to Carter's point, if it, it say he does go to Carolina and Montreal uses the assets to get like a Christian Dvorak or, you know, another centerpiece, um, you know, to play center, no pun intended. Um, you know, you, you, you run into this issue where you are kind of setting him up for failure because if it doesn't work in Carolina, then, you know, to Carter's point, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's hard to come back from two franchises where you've, you know, had these huge expectations and you just couldn't meet them. Oh, for sure. And, and like, but the thing is though, like on paper, like no, 
no kid's going to turn down being overpaid at least double what he's worth. Yeah. And yeah, no, exactly. no, no, like businessman is going to be like going to take an absolute once in a lifetime opportunity and be like, listen, you should probably throw it away. Like this is yeah, the last time enough. he'll, he'll get, he'll get overvalued like this in his career. Like I, I hate, right. like I, like I said, I'm a Cox and Yemi fan, but he's never going to get this type of inflation or inflated deal ever again. And so right. like no, no business mind is going to say, turn it down. And no kid looking at that paycheck is going to turn it down. So of course there's interest, right? Like, well, especially like someone... that big signing bonus too. Yeah, I know. That's huge. That's, that's, cost, that's what Starbucks costs down in Carolina. So yeah. yeah. Get some canes, get some uh, Bojangles. Yeah. I was going to say Bojangles yeah. where yeah. I got bullied. So, yeah, the like, last time I was bullied and... as an adult was in Bojangles. What? Okay. You have to say that <laughs> I will. You guys are going to love it. But yeah, no, that's, that's, and that's the only reason why I think they're fucking with his head is because it's, it's, it's like an undeniable offer. Like, and then like he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. Right. Yeah. Like maybe we do see more, like maybe in the real, like actual details of it, there's more offer sheets than actual listed, but it's like, it's just the player kind of that attitude and culture of, kind of sticking by the team that drafted you kind of thing that they're not going to willing to sign it. Like I just, yeah, Thomas, I yeah. need to let you know that I started up a game Leafs versus Habs while oh the pod's God. been going and yeah. Kat Kanyemi just scored on Morazic, wow. just so you guys know. Oh, nice. Wow. He knew we were talking there you go. about he's, him. He's, he's producing already. He's yeah, staying. Exactly. He's, he's staying. He's gonna... Yeah, yeah if, if his EA numbers count towards his NHL <laughs> like that, then, then I think that. he'll be fine with the deal. Yeah. The funny thing is, is Kotkaniemi usually sims really well in franchise mode for the franchise mode players that listen. So there you go. Now you know. Now you, now uh, you know the offer find, sheet. I'm trying to find shelter here. Can you hear the rain on my hood? <laughs> uh, no, a little bit. Kinda. Yeah. When you mentioned <laughs> Sorry, guys. Here, right? like no, no, you're out, good. Or the outdoors channel or whatever. Wilderness. OLA. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, we're the wilderness podcast. We're on OLN. <laughs> we're, we're presented by OLN. Jesus. <laughs> I love it. And me, um, sponsored by MEC. That'd be sick. Uh, but yeah, I think, yeah. That's, I think that's about all we have to say about talking Emmy. Whatever. Like, yeah. yeah, that's all I have to say about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, when I said earlier that like I wasn't scared of them, is just like if Lulu Amarillo does an offer sheet, and he, so like, let's say it was like the Islanders that did this offer sheet, just like, for example, and like knowing how Lou deals with things, you'd think that you were yeah. about to have a hit put out on you. Right. Like, <laughs> it's just when I see the way that they, that they carry themselves, I'm just like, oh my God, this organization is so embarrassing. They have so many good things about the organization that like speak for themselves and then they do this type yeah. of shit and i'm just like uh you guys are fucking embarrassing yeah yeah if you fo- if you focus on like securing your like securing your loose ends that you clearly need to secure yeah rather than like this bullshit like you would you'd be much farther ahead in the off season than you would had you not done this right yeah, it's, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, and they said that on 31 Thoughts, too, that I thought was kind of an interesting point, was that when Aho got his offer sheet, it was on July 1st. So strategically, yeah. this time to offer sheet someone is actually pretty smart 
because the teams yeah. at this point are more or less already assembled. And now you're yeah. taking away like a pretty key part of Montreal and adding yeah. to your team. But like the center depth in Carolina is not great. So if yeah. they were able to get Kotkaniemi, like that's probably a win from a center yeah. depth perspective, but he's not worth six point, you know, no. one, three, five million but, or whatever it is. Like he is replaceable in Montreal. Like you can find someone that like can consistently yeah. track the lineup. Then maybe they like, give if, Ryan Paling a shot yeah. to play for more than five games at a time. That'd be nice. <laughs> well, that's, that's anything like anything not top, top six. Like is the like there's no consistency or like there's no security in this spot in the lineup in in Montreal. Like that's just how they work there. I wish that they actually did something with some of their depth though. Like Ryan Paling is a good player and he just never gets a fair shot Montreal because of the depth. Yeah. So maybe 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 a lot of like there's a lot of like well not a lot of but like you saw Dano and Perry leave and then. Maybe if Kakanyemi goes, this is like a culture shift for for their um, their up and comers, right? It's just it's like hard somebody, for me to believe the old guard is leaving. No, for sure. And I think to your point, Carter, like that usually happens when things aren't working out. But by all accounts, like people forget that this team was, you know, at least a contender for the Stanley Cup like a month and a half ago. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like they may not have ever beaten Tampa, but like yeah, you know, it's not they're, like they they were there. Exactly, the Leafs need a retooling more than the Habs do. Period. Yeah. But anyhow, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, Curdy Gabriel fighting Wayne Simmons. Uh, that's that's <laughs> yeah. all the retooling that we need. <laughs> I love that. I love oh, that. God. I am. I am excited to see what the Leafs look like this upcoming season. Um, I think it'll be very interesting. Um, yeah, but yeah, I guess guess we'll see what happens. Honestly, like, and I know I probably talk about it way too much for like what it is, but I just love the Nick Ritchie signing so much, dude. You know what signing so I am like fun. a bit higher on? Like, I love Nick Ritchie. Like, I've Bunting, I was going ballistic. Well, yeah. Bunting, yes, but Andre Kasha is the one that I'm like oh, fired yeah. up about. Well, if he stays Assuming healthy, he and like healthy, I guess. But he's also like I don't know what Boston's medical team's like, but like I doubt Anaheim has like the top tier like medical staff like yeah resources like, that is available to him. There's like do- the Doctor Nick of like the NHL probably. No, that's Buffalo. Well, but, like if, if Andre Cash was just stop stage diving at Chain Reaction, he wouldn't have had all these problems. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in this camp. I I love the Nick Ritchie signing for the Leafs. I think that was such a good play. It's I'm, gonna make the I'm team. I'm so excited about it. And it's gonna, gonna be good. Like it. Miss, it's like so much more entertaining when you have guys like that. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. But anyway, should we have our designated uh, wild talk? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we yeah. should. Uh, ahead, well, we could talk about Jordy Ben and like people were overreacting. I feel like to that um signing because like obviously Kalen Anderson is knocking on the door and he was able to play last year because of the COVID lockdown and stuff but like I also feel I get we talked about it a little like last week about like the rookies on your like on your team but I feel like Addison especially with the type of player he is he needs to like get more development from both ends of the ice and kind of like yeah 
Sorry, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say, Addison's a great player. He's offensive-minded. Like, he'll be running the power play on that team at some point in my, in my lifetime. I, I'm yeah. sure of that. But the thing that people don't always understand is that, like, with a player, like, of Addison's skill set and, and, you know, shape in terms of his size and other things like that, he he's going to need a little bit more of, like, a sheltered role on that team to start, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not suggesting that Jamie Ben play top four minutes where I think everyone expects Kaylin Addison to be at some point. Um, they're going to need somebody that's a little bit more defensively responsible. And I don't think it's a terrible idea starting out a defenseman who has the potential and the ceiling to be a top four defenseman on that team to spend a little bit more time in Iowa. That's my two cents. Yeah. Like, I think, I think it, like, he could for sure win the position in camp, but I don't think Jordy Ben is really like preventing him, like stopping in his way. Like Jordy Ben is like a seventh defenseman at best. I feel like at this point, especially with like the Kulikov and John Merrill signings, like if they didn't sign John Merrill, then like, okay, maybe this is like the one guy that Addison has to go over. But like Merrill is a better NHL defenseman than Kalen Addison right now. Like I love like Merrill. Yeah. Merrill's so fucking good defensively. Like, it is insane. He just, like, fits the wild to a T where he doesn't allow any quality, like, at all. Like, inside. Yeah. Like, the goalie basically doesn't have to work within, like, five, like eight feet of the net around him. He'll never get a shot attempt from that in close when Merrill's on the ice. Like, yeah. But I think it's just, like, I don't think it is a big deal. And I know that this is the year where, like, people are expecting rookies to make the jump. But I... Like, especially with the defenseman that they have on the right side already with, like, Spurgeon and Dumba. Like, you would have – so you're, like, really complaining about your bottom line defenseman and, like, your 21-year-old, like, offensively-minded guy to get, like, bottom-pairing minutes and not even probably be on the power play because that's Spurgeon and Dumba right now. So, like, I – yeah, I don't think – it's a big deal of what people are talking about. And if Ben plays 30 games, like, swapping in for – Kolikov or Merrill whenever they're injured or they just need to rest, then that's no problem. I feel like he's bad. Like, don't get me wrong. Like Jordy Ben is a bad player, but like, it's not, it's just a guy. Like you don't have to really like twist and turn at night about it. Really? Yeah. If if Ben was going to do something, he would have done with the league by now. Well, and not to mention that, like, I completely agree, Thomas, like he's, he's a seven, six, seven guy probably uh, on that team. And I mean, like, they've done a lot uh, on the back end to, you know, really kind of insulate, um, you know, the likes of Kalen Addison, should he, you know, uh, end up cracking the lineup and, and playing. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of if he can crack the lineup. Like, to your point, he he's an NHL defenseman. I just think that rather than shelter the absolute shit out of him um, or have him with someone who's like maybe a little bit more defensively minded, um, you know, they, they've kind of bought themselves a little bit of time um, with some of these shorter term deals like a Jordy Ben um, or, or like a Kulikov, which I believe is just one year. Right, Thomas? Kulikov's two um, years. Oh, two years. Pardon me. Yeah. So um, like, yeah. But anyhow. Yeah. And like, even with Dumba coming up too, like he's at UFA in two years. Like, do you think that they're going to keep him around, especially with like the kind of cap situation they're going to be in? For that, like, Addison is pretty much the perfect replacement for him. So if he has to spend, like, 
majority of this season in Iowa and the next season he kind of wins Merrill's position as a bottom pairing guy. And then you see 20 in 2023, him pretty much destined for a top four role. Like that's not a bad path. And we've seen that no. so many times before. And he might surprise him, be like eventually play more minutes than Dumba if he's losing foot speed or anything. Or like, I don't right. know. It's just and like and it's especially what you're saying about like they turned over the blue line so much this year that you don't know what's going to happen. Like Alex Golgossi might not be the perfect fit and he might be a train wreck of a, like a signing, but it's also right. just one year. So maybe if yep. you like, if you want to have Brodine on your top pairing and then you'll have to force to play like, like Merrill or Kulikov on the second pairing. And then you have another spot open and whether exactly. it's Ben or Addison, then it's just a straight ahead battle. So it's, you never know with like so much transition with it. Like it's, I and I feel like that and like at least I guess we could touch on the other rookies like Boldy and Rossi quickly but like I feel with them it's a much more straight ahead fight yes. for positions like it's Agreed. you're you're battling with like guys like Joseph Cremarosa and Kyle Rao for like spots like I think well, and like the other thing too is that people forget and like I know this is kind of a goofy way of looking at it but like you can only have six defensemen. You can have 12 forwards. <laughs> so there's like, well, yeah. there's a, a little bit more flexibility in terms of, you know, where you're going to put people. And I'm not sure that at least in, in Rossi and Boldy's case, you need to shelter um, as much as you would need to shelter a defenseman um, on this team in particular. Right. Where like Rossi, I mean, I think he's going to have like a, a, a well, I don't know. I guess I'm going to need to temper my expectations a little bit after his um, year off. But, um, you know, he, he looks legit. And I think Boldy is is primed to have, you know, a good rookie season as well based on the short sample size or small sample size that we saw last year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm really interested to see what the final, you know, yeah. lineup looks like because I think it's easy to – to pencil in where Kaprizov is going to play and, and easy to pencil in, you know, some of the, the, you know, defenses just in terms of Dumba, Spurge and Brodine, et cetera. But what do you think is like the big concern amongst wild fans right now? Um, aside from Kaprizov, Thomas, I think it's probably the rookies, honestly, like them getting a fair shot. And I think like Garen talked about all this time, like he's not going to just hand over spots to these guys. And obviously it's just like lip service, a lot of it, but like, they have like if you can't play better than like Nick Bugstad or something like in training camp, like especially Boldy where he kind of plays a similar style, then like then you should be playing in Iowa and develop further. Like it's just kind of simple as that. And like and in the end, like even if they spent like a month or whatever, like I feel like Rossi might start in Iowa just because yeah, it's it just feels different and like in having those rookies play together, like having Boldy kind of start from the beginning, I feel like, and he plays, they play kind of similar styles, but like, especially if you want to see what Rossi looks like at the center position at a high level, then I feel like that's easier to see. Like it's, it's more of like a risk factor, I guess, keeping Rossi as a centerman in NHL and just giving him that spot, like even the third line center spot or whatever. I think he could play the wing right now center. I think um, even though he is a center, I think in the NHL might look and feel a little different for his style of game. Um, 
but if if he was to be a center, um, like, and I think they probably still project him to be a center on mm-hmm. in, in the NHL. I think he would just need, uh, you know, line mates uh, on either wing that complement his style of game, right? Where I'm just I can't necessarily think of who the right fit for wingers could be for Rossi like today. I don't know. What do you yeah. think? Wait, sorry. What did you say? I sorry. I was reading a tweet. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> what? What? What wingers could you even see oh. Rossi feasibly play with where he would be like a sure fit? Um, I'm just thinking from like a you know puck distribution standpoint. I would say like immediately, I think Fiala would be a good fit because he could get the puck up the ice quicker. Um, and kind yeah, of help establish because Rossi is a good cycle player. And shoot, Fiala will shoot it, and Fiala will shoot it. So then, if you do that, yeah, and like he Hart, is. and maybe like Hartman on the other side or something like, but they yeah. might need Hartman at center. So then you have maybe like a Greenway if they want to split up the Erickson Eck, Felino, and Greenway line. Um, yeah. then maybe, but like it's it's hard to say, like really. And I feel like I don't know, like. I think everything just needs to be like more patient and like, and they were patient, like with yourself, like waiting five years to see him play. But like, yeah. it's, it's more difficult when like the guy's right there and it's like, he's already signed and everything. And like, you're just like really wanting them to just call him up already. And like, especially if a player has a down week or so. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think it's just going to be interesting no matter what, like where they play and, they like even if they're sheltered like it'll be on almost like automatically that they're sheltered because they have like Erickson ahead of them where like he will no matter what get the strong like um the tough competition like every single game and be able to like play better than them so yeah it's just a like a like an automatic thing but i don't know i think it's gonna be interesting camp i think the wild are probably the most one of the more interesting camps to really watch and see where these guys play because there's even other options like down the line like i might write on this something soon of just like who's actually like capable of playing for spots but like there's guys like connor dewar mason shaw brand duheim that are like right on the cusp and like a couple years older like i really like dewar as like an option in the future and i think he's in shaw quite a bit too. yeah yeah so like they have center options like depth center options like they're not going to be playing top six guys and they're not high end guys like Boldy and Rossi, but there's these young guys that are still there and trying to make camp and trying to play better than the Crema Rosas and Kyle Rouse and what, whoever else they brought in the freaking I whatever. Like, I feel like Kyle Rao is like 400 years old. Honestly, well, he's 28, he, but <laughs> I know he's old, but I just like, remember when he played in Florida and people were like, I think we've got All something right. here. And I'm like, I don't know about that. But. Oh my God. Um, shifting gears a little bit. Um, it, I just got a notification. I wonder Thomas, if this is what you were reading, uh, instead of paying attention to the podcast, um, <laughs> just joking, uh, about Jack Eichel taking his concerns to the, uh, to the NHLPA. Is that what you were reading about? Oh, wow. oh no, I was reading a dragger tweet, but I did see that we could talk Eichel. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. feel like we talk about Eichel every week. Um, but well, that's interesting. We'll like getting the NHLPA him. involved. Well, until something gets <laughs> yeah. fucking done, yeah, I think we'll have to. Uh, interesting though, eh? That he's you know because he changed his agent 
yesterday, Adrian. I want to say, yeah. or the day before that it came out. Yeah. Um, a couple days ago, yeah. Interesting that the NHLPA is getting involved. And I mean, at some point, they absolutely should get involved, in my opinion. Well, yeah, like it's his representatives. Like it's it's kind of ridiculous that he's offering them solutions. And if everything we've read is true and the agent and talking in discussions, it's like how they just want out of there because they're not getting the proper like medical service. And like as long as this keeps on going on, then like it shortens his season no matter what, because there's a recovery time. Exactly. Um, yeah. And like clearly whatever they're doing right now is work is not working. So it's not like he can go through this different like rehab process and try to get better, but it'll take way longer than the surgery anyways. So yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's crazy. I feel like it's like, it's especially that there's just like, like this is what like Friedman said um, during that emergency pod or whatever was like that there's no resolution. Um, basically like the Sabres <laughs> like are really like strong willed and not like changing it no matter what, even with the PA involved and like the union and everything like well, it's, they're not compelled to really do anything if they don't want to. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. at some point or another, so it's funny. I felt a little bit bad in the moment about my comments around like, you know, how there is a segment of the hockey world and fandom that like love like Carolina posting memes. And that's how they were able to get this uh, message across on fucking Twitter and how annoying I think that shit is. And I do think it's fucking annoying. Do not get me wrong, but it's like, you know, what really grows the game? Like one of the top centers in the league being able to play hockey in front of fans. You know what I mean? Yeah, and here we are. Here we are. And you getting know, the medical attention that his body needs. <laughs> Not even yeah. to be playing, but that his yeah. body needs. Like Exactly. You want to grow the game. You don't need to post, you know, like the troll face on your on your hockey <laughs> tweets. Like you can do, you know what I mean? Like you can do other things. And I don't know. It's just, it's so unfortunate because I'm just thinking like, like let me ask you guys this question because one of my answers is definitely Jack Eichel is there a player that like you know is really good but like you just don't see it like not necessarily <laughs> underrated but like for example oh, we man. all we all agree that Jack Eichel is probably what like a top 10 center if not better in, yep. in the league right yep. but like yeah. we also like just don't really ever see him play because of the team yeah. that he's on right so it's like i take your yeah. word for it that he's a great player but like do you guys have a guy like that um it might be eichel honestly yeah like <laughs> right like, or maybe dry like the hardest maybe dry sidle like there's dry no sidle. moves yeah. we we've seen there's... him play with mcdavid though like you see like but you Mc... don't or see with... like but mcdavid always outshines him like if it's more That's of like a, a yeah. thing about like David is another one I feel strongly or pardon me Dreisaitl is who I feel strongly with. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you don't see McDavid <laughs> uh mm, no but like Dreisaitl fine. he gets the counting stats okay. up but, but it's more so because of the team he plays on right like I wonder if Dreisaitl was in Eichel's position what would have like would he be even a top center on a team with like no other centers like it's it's yeah, another I have another one that I'll I'll throw out there just to okay. kind of get the wheels turning for you guys Malkin. No. Oh yeah. Mal- Malkin fucking lays the body out though. Like no, he, I know. But like he, I guess the question's almost changing a little bit because like I think it's easy to look at guys who are like playing second fiddle to like a generational player like a Crosby or a McDavid. Yeah. But 
by that same token, it's just interesting because I don't even think of Eichel as like a top 10 player in the league just because he doesn't come to mind immediately because he's played on Buffalo, right? So like, yeah. I feel like people thought that about Ekman Larson too at one point, like when he was playing well, Arizona before he fell off a cliff. I think because you don't, like, I, I was, when I was reading an Eichel thing the other day, I forgot he's 24 years old because he's like so back of mind. Yeah. I would think he's a lot older than he is. Right. Like, like I think he's, he's younger he's, than Kaprizov. Let me see this fucking shit. I think he is. I think he's a year, maybe two years younger than Kaprizov. But no, Eichel's definitely. Oh, no, he's old. Player. He's like, older. Sorry. Even like uh, I'm like I, I'm just trying to think of like the Chicago's and the LA's and like or maybe even Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi is one of those players for me. Like in Detroit. Okay. Yeah, that's a good call. Like, like a good I, player on a bad team. Yeah, like I, I think if he like he's doing very well with like what he has in Detroit, like all things considered. So I feel like if he had a bit more support, he he'd be somebody that we'd be talking about on those top lists. Even Larkin like too. A, I was gonna say Larkin. Yeah, yeah, Larkin's the one that stands yeah. out as well. But it's it, besides things like that could always like just immediately transform. Like it it sucks that like Eichel's been stuck in this situation with Buffalo where like they've been catastrophically terrible for so long like you've seen florida turn around with barkov like barkov was stuck on bad teams for a very long time yeah but you're just able to kind of outshine and like and stick with it and then you get the huberdos and then and then like huberdos explosion and then you kind of just make a little trades here and there like they kind of just gradually get better um into becoming a kind of a top eight team in the league and like that stuff can happen really quickly. So it's just unfortunate with Eichel that it's just taken like his whole career away because well, not his whole career, but like, it's just so far just because they've been like not able to make any proper moves at all. Yeah. Well, his glory days are gone. And like, you know, things are really bad in an organization when they're starting to offer like flex packs on their season pass. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Like like that's when you know that like it's time, like, that's the, even when the captain wants to like does not want but to go see, down with the ship is when they started selling the, selling 20 game flex packs. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like, and, and I agree, like, and I think that's part of the reason I'm like very high on the idea of Eichel going to like a Montreal or like um like I really Anywhere. would love to see him in Anaheim just because they've got so much in the cupboards to like really insulate him the right way and like the weird thing is i know we talked about this last week i think a year or two two years ago we were saying the same thing about buffalo like oh they've got so much in the cupboard but like if you look at guys like i know we talked about well that's it or they just use and abuse them before their elc is done and then they're just you know kind of not in the same place like i remember when casey middlestat um was playing in that one world juniors and everyone was like this guy can't miss he's so yeah. good and it's like casey middlestat is good but in buffalo it's like oh my god same with um olafson you know that that oh victor olafson like a yeah. bit of a coming out party in the last couple of years like him on literally any other team you're just like oh man this guy's like a pure goal scorer and just not given the opportunity because he's got you know, wrist align and, you know, saucing a pizza through the middle of the ice. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's like also the underrated thing of like, like, I know I 
I talk about it enough where like I've turned to it and like been in favor of it, but like team quote unquote culture of it, like establishing this foundation of like, we'll support you. We have this like already prepared. You're coming into a situation where you're not expected to be like, to basically lead it yeah. right away. Um, yeah. Like if but they, you know, it's sorry, sorry, go ahead, buddy. Well, I was just going to say like, even if they went full rebuild, like they're already doing it, trading Reinhardt and Rissalina and everything. But, like, right. you're going to have to try to attract, like, a foundation of it. Like, it's not, like, I know there's, like, the, it's, lead, it's the building. It's building the right base, though. Like, we, we were talking mm-hmm. about it with Lundqvist in New York. And then we were saying that, like, like yeah, they're going to chase the cup for the money no matter what. And then Rask comes out a week later and says, Boston's my home. It's where I want to end mm-hmm. up. Like, and so then it's, like, Boston's clearly built a culture that, like, fosters like longevity right and yeah like it's attracting people to want to come in like yeah if, the other thing too though with rascos he already won his cup right so like if, yeah. if that was the motivation and i'm not saying it is but like he's yeah. he's he's got his ring right where Lundqvist, yeah he's checked the box yeah well even right. like and we didn't even talk about it yet but the couturier signing like they the oh, flyers yeah. must have done something that like they just established i know couturier might be just like a like do it for the team kind of guy, but they must have like they have something created, like whether it's Taru and Van Riemsdyk and Atkinson coming in and them already establishing this kind of like foundation kind of centered around Taru that yeah, yeah, has sure. like yeah. has has made Couturier be like, I want to stay with this team like for my rest of my yeah. career. Like it's just um yeah. And like even if you look at the leaps, like it's I know we talk about them enough, but like how they did their rebuild and they have this like little foundation of like headlined by Riley and Kadri when they were bringing in the Nylander Marners and Matthews kind of players. Yeah. So they had this like already built like early twenties, 23, 24 guys. And then you get your next like high level, like Buffalo got rid of that. Like Reinhardt and Eichel could have been that for the forwards and like Richard line is bad. So whatever, but like, it's they could have had that if they just wanted to stay competitive and stay within that culture and kind of build a foundation with them and then bring in your guys because you're still bad your middle stats let them kind of develop because they're still like they're not heralded to be the next great thing like they're still projected as like a middle six guy like you get your guy playing in college and everything like in in, in the ahl and, and seeing what they can do and then you build that from there but the, yeah. the trouble with with Buffalo in that way is though is that it's there's always been like a whipping boy, right? Right yeah. now it's Jack yeah. Eichel because of everything going on, which is fine. Um, you know, they've they've kind of had this person playing that role this whole time. And I'll tell you, if if the whipping boy when Jack Eichel's gone, um, you know, like I think Casey Middlestadt has already been kind of their whipping boy from a forward perspective. But when it becomes Dylan Cousins, I'm gonna scream. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to <laughs> yeah. literally scream because Dylan Cousins is like, oh my God, I'm such a big fan of his. Like, I love the way he plays. I love that he's got like a little bit of like a, you know, like a chip on his shoulder. You know, he fought a few times last year. Um, you know, he's, he's like literally fighting for his life in Buffalo. And yeah, it's, it's kind of this thing where like, I'm just so, I'm trying to be like very cautiously optimistic because I think, you know, once Eichel's gone, I think it becomes Dylan Cousins and Darlene's team and Owen Powers, team, yeah. you know, 
right? Like, I think those are kind of the three pieces there. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, they did the same thing to Alex Nylander and like, look at where he is now in Chicago, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's kind of a few thoughts I have that way. But I also think to your point about Couturier, Thomas, it's also like about the market and the team, right? Mm-hmm. So from like a culture perspective, you know, we see this thing happen with, with Tuka Rask where he comes out and says like, you know, you guys can sign me for a cheap deal. The only team I'm playing for is Boston. I think that certain hockey markets, um, they, they kind of do that, right? Like they have like this almost brand loyalty where they don't want to deviate from the team that was so good to them or from, you know, the market that was so good for them. And that's where Toronto is frustrating for me. Um, because although I haven't become this like Marner conspiracy theorist, <laughs> I look at the size of that contract and I go, you couldn't get the, 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 you know, the hometown boy to, to take a bit of a, a bit of a haircut on the price. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you look, you look at Couturier and you're like, okay, that's the only team he's ever played for. But like, I don't know if you guys remember the, uh, NHL, uh, like what was that show on HBO? Like the winner road to winter classic. I want to say, yeah. Like and we saw Couturier. Yeah. And we saw Couturier as a rookie playing, um, you know, with Claude Giroux or not Claude Giroux, pardon me. Um, who am I thinking of? Oh my God, this is Voracek. No, not Voracek. Um, he's, he's the GM of, yeah, Briere. I was going to say the GM of the oh, Mariners, yeah. wow. Daniel Briere. But like he's, oh, he's like, he's now with, with the, he's now with the Flyers as a development coach. Now, that's right. That's right. But I, like, I already, I've literally seen video of him on my timeline as we were recording of him working with Morgan Frost. So that's a little Chris content for you there it is little Chris, uh, little Chris content, but, Chris content. but, but, but you see like, that's the type of stuff where you're like, okay, they want to be here. Like they, they love it. Yeah. They want to be here. Right. I think about even, um, and I know we haven't, haven't talked about it yet, but you know, I was, I was planning on talking about it. You see um, all the things that have come out since Jimmy Hayes tragically passed away last week. And it's like, this guy is like a Boston hockey guy and he only played for the Bruins for a short window, but like the impact that he's had on that community, um, not only being from that community, but like the impact that he's had on minor hockey and all of those Mm -hmm. different things, you know, it's, it's such a tragedy in and of itself, but you also think about the positive impact that he had in his community in that way. Right. Like, are people saying that about Mitch Marner? Are people saying that about, other players in these big markets where it's like, you know, these people are, are doing great work. And, and listen, let me be clear. I'm not like anti Marner or anything like that. It's just when you look at the other work that's being done, it's hard to not compare people's desire to stay and love playing for an organization and then see to this point, what we've seen from Marner. And, and you know what, who knows, maybe this, this Amazon series that comes out, we watch it and we're like, oh, wow, he does uh, really want to be a Leaf. This is great. We love him. Um, but to I be think honest that's with you. Bullshit. There, there's nothing I've wanted to stay farther away from than whatever the hell that thing is called. Yeah. <laughs> All or nothing. All or nothing? All Have you watched nothing. any of them? I watched no, the Eagles which? one. All or nothing? No, I didn't watch uh, any of them. Oh, I thought this Eagles was the one, first like, one. I didn't realize they did an Eagles one. Yeah, they do like one yeah. one an NFL one every year. They do a Premier League one every year. Um, oh, there you go. 
the new I already watched enough think... uh, soccer content. It's called Ted Lasso. That's the only thing I'll watch. <laughs> oh my god, involving soccer. <laughs> but do you guys get where I'm coming from? Like, what are your guys' yeah. thoughts? Do yeah. you sound like a crazy person or what? No, because I think from my point of view, like seeing. Like, I know I'm reverting to Minnesota all the time, but like Matt Dumba, like he does so much for the community and he wants to play there, even though his name has been in trade rumors for like three years now. Like he's still doing everything he can to like be like represent Minnesota and represent the wild in St. Paul and everything that's going on there. Like it's, it's hard to see. And like, I literally, the only like time you see Marner like off the ice is when he's doing commercials. It's just difficult to see the kind of like, you see it from other teams and kind of like point out and be like, why can't we have one of those dudes? Like that's I think, that, yeah. I like, think that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like because it's understandable too. too. This past week with Spechnikov yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. Like he's signing away his, his prime too. Like with Katuria, you get it. Like it's so long of a deal that he's going to be like 37 when it expires. Like it's so, so you could clearly see like he just wants security. And even if he has to take a pay cut, then whatever. Um, yeah, but it's still like you'd see Svech and like what pl- type of player he can become, and him just taking like, <laughs> like so, like I don't know. It's just it's it's weird <laughs> to me. It's frustrating because it's like you see. I, I guess I could sum up my feelings by just saying like you know we see players go on team friendly deals to stay where they're happy. And like tax and income and side income and all these other things aside, it's like, why, why can't we have that? (laughs) I think that's probably more where I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, But anyways, it is, it is what it is. Marner is also getting the, the bio steel, the true hockey, the Apple money. I have everything right. Like it's not that he's just getting his 10.9. He's getting his everything else, but sorry. No, no, no. I, I agree completely. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do, boys. Um, anything else that you guys want to talk about before we wrap up today? No, I think that was a good closing rant. <laughs> yeah, not bad, right? Yeah. Um, a- is there anything coming up? in the? I guess it's just training camps and stuff. We'll figure out. We'll see yeah, that. Training, preseason training content. Camps. Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully the wild after season isn't ruined. Yeah, seriously. Oh, Oh, whatever. <laughs> what will we do? Hopefully we'll see. You know, it's another uh, interesting thing that I'm like kind of forgetting about uh, that may not be that interesting, but like you guys looked at Dallas's goaltending situation at all recently? No. No. Isn't so Ben they Bishop? Have, they have Ben Bishop, yeah. Hudobin, and oh. uh, and uh, what the fuck? <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? Did you oh, know that? 30. I know that Holby yeah. signed there, but I forgot they still had Kadobin. Yeah. So I wonder if one of That's those goals, like, so Ben Bishop is like injured quite a bit. So yeah. I wonder if he starts on LTIR. I can't remember if he's going to like what I've heard or things like that around that, but it would be interesting to see which goalie ends up. Cause I think Kadobin, Kadobin's gone. Like, if if they yeah. have to keep Ben Bishop, um, Kudobin yeah. is a good goalie, so it'll be interesting to see yeah. where he lands. Yeah, well, yeah. Bishop sat the entire last season. I just remember right. that. And it's Hudobin yeah, and Ottinger. 
Yeah. But then that's the other thing. Are they going to put Ottinger, who's like, you know, a young, good goalie back on Texas in the AHL? Like that to me just doesn't really make sense. I mean, like he's already shown that he's an NHL goalie. Really? Let me see his fucking stats. Yeah. Well, like, uh, I don't remember what the stats are like. On 11 save but... percentage in 29 games. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. Good enough I mean, to be a backup. Not good yeah, enough for to sure. be a starter in Texas again. Like, better than being a Texas in Texas, you mean? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, it's just... It's hard. I feel like it, and all this stuff plays out too, like later down the road. Like it's there's injuries probably coming up, especially with all of them being older. And Holpe might not be the same player that he once was. And um, Bishop waived his no move for the expansion draft, so maybe there's like a rift there of like I'm in a situation where maybe I want to go to a team that needs a goalie. Um, like I can't, Edmonton? I can't think, I can't think of it. Yeah, maybe. Like, yeah, Edmonton. Oh, they just resigned Mike Smith. Holy fuck! Um, door, Cohen. <laughs> Who's that? Pittsburgh. Sorry, sorry, guys. Wow. <laughs> you good? Close the fucking door. Yeah, yeah I'm good. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe maybe Pittsburgh or something. But um, yeah, like it's. It's it's a weird situation. I feel like that'll play out eventually, but it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I haven't really been paying attention yeah. to Dallas because I was I gonna really... say I really feel like we're grasping at straws here talking about <laughs> who's gonna crack the Texas Stars lineup in August. <laughs> Listen, Funny. I just wanted to bring it up because I was like this <laughs> goaltending thing doesn't make sense to me. Um yeah, can you tell we're in the off season? Uh, okay, oh, yeah. let's let's uh let's shut her down then. Good pod today, boys. Appreciate yeah. your time. This has been good. Did you see uh, my the thing I sent you? Yeah, I'm gonna watch it in a second here. Do it right now. <laughs> the the thing that you sent right, me boys. in the chat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I will. Okay, Carter. Good luck with everything. Make sure that you wear Thanks, a helmet. Guys. Yeah, wear wear <laughs> a hard hat. I've been, I've been wearing steel toes at the very least. There you go. Had a boy. Steel toe okay. uh, <laughs> blundstones. Yeah. Yeah, we got a couple of those lying around. (laughs) All right. Talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Later, boys. All right. Thomas.